WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. That time right now, 8.20, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Friday morning, today the 20th of May. And now our guest today, Megan Gwaltney, Area Director of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Megan, how are you this morning? I am doing well, Scott. Thank you for having me. Well, definitely. Thank you for joining us this morning. I know suicide is definitely... I don't know if I should say growing problem because I know the numbers have reduced slightly in Tennessee as one of the uh, causes of death, one of the leading causes of death in the volunteer state. But, you know, it is still definitely a, a it is a growing problem. I mean, it just continues and continues. Certainly, Scott. So, you know, something that we we see here in Tennessee, when the most recent data came out from the CDC regarding suicide numbers, for 2020, we were relieved to see a slight drop in the national statistics, about a 3% decrease in the national suicide rate. And that is very encouraging to us. Um, but at the same time, we did see an increase of rate in certain populations, particularly minority communities. And we know that there is such an importance on mental health. On, and that's why it's important for us to be speaking to people like you and bringing mental health and um, all that encompasses taking care of oneself, looking out for others, you know, the more that we talk about it, the more we can break down that stigma and then ultimately save lives. Did we see an increase in the number of suicides in Tennessee throughout COVID or did the number go down? What happened during COVID, during the, the main part of the pandemic? Sure, sure. You know, we were expecting to see an increase. Um, I think, you know, with AFSP and certainly for researchers across the country, we, in fact, saw a decrease, and it is at about 3% number from 2019. We, at this point, don't know why exactly. I think we can certainly speculate, and one of, one of those reasons would be that with everyone being home, perhaps they were within communities and had support that was important. Everyone also slowed down a little bit and was maybe able to have time to take care of their mental health. But furthermore, we're simply seeing a willingness by communities and employers, public figures to talk about mental health. And we think that that really is making an impact on the numbers that we're seeing here locally across Tennessee. So here in Tennessee, we actually saw a slight drop in suicide during COVID? We sure did, yes. Um, and, and that follows the national trend that we saw coming out of 2020 as well. Yeah, you know, if anything, that, that really highlights to me, I, I know a lot of us joke about how, you know, family makes us crazy, but at the same time, it does show that families being together does make a huge difference because I would imagine people were with their family a whole lot more during COVID uh, than when COVID was not, you know, as big as it was during 2019 and 2020. 
Certainly. We know that a support system, whether that's family or friends, in person or virtual, however we can connect, we know that a support system is a crucial protective factor when it comes to suicide prevention. And so I think something that we learned from COVID is that there are ways to connect with others beyond being in the same physical space. And ultimately, it's that increase in variety of connections that can help people really take care of themselves and their mental health. Again, Megan Gwaltney with us, Area Director of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and here locally in Tennessee specific. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for those 25 to 34. That's hard to believe. It is. It's it's incredibly hard to believe, and it really is a big focus of our work. We focus on um, young adults, also in youth, because we know that teenagers, well, specifically those between 10 and 24, um, it is the third leading cause of death here in the state. And so one of our main priorities is doing prevention education. We are out in the community sharing resources at community events. Last night we were at Jenny's Ice Cream in Hillsborough Village in Nashville, and we also have a big push for suicide prevention education. So we are more than willing to bring our presentation to your local faith community, to your school, to your civic group, and because we know that by getting out and preventing, or rather speaking about suicide, we can help to prevent suicide. Hey, you know, I'm, is there... Are, are there key things that will lead someone who, who is already having, you know, uh, mental health issues? Is there, are there key things to look for when it comes to suicide? Certainly. We talk a lot about looking for warning signs. Um, and the three categories of warning signs that we encourage people to look for are talk, talk of suicide, and then changes in mood or changes in behavior. I think one of the most important things that we can do is really look out for those that we know close and and look for changes. If you see a, a change in mood or change in behavior or a change in appearance that really seems uncharacteristic, that can be a great time to reach out and just say, hey, I'm worried about you. How are you doing? Um, and it, oftentimes it can lead to a really important conversation. And whether or not that person is having suicidal thoughts or ideation, simply knowing that someone is looking out for them and someone cares can really make a huge difference in their life. Hey, I read a study that came out in 2021. It was reported in uh, Biological Psychiatry, and it actually identified a genetic risk for suicide and suicide attempts. And, and you know, I never really thought about that, but when you do think about it, you know, I there are stories I've heard where I can say, well, you know, I heard this father committed suicide and then later, you know, a son or a daughter committed suicide. But a study showed that there are genetic factors that can go into suicide as well. So when we look at the risk factors for suicide, it can be an incredibly complex equation. Um, there are biological risk factors. There are also are historical risk factors and environmental and so we know, you know, the research has shown us that when someone gets to a point of a suicidal crisis and ultimately decides to take their own life, it often is a combination of all of those factors. You know, perhaps it is a family history, perhaps it is a, a history of a mental health condition, or maybe it's an environmental concern of 
increased stress at work or substance abuse, something that we've learned over the years in suicide research, and AFSP is the largest private funder of suicide prevention research across the globe, is that suicide is a complex mental health issue. And so we look at those three types of factors, biological, historical, environmental, and we know that when those converge to create a very acute crisis, that is when people are at their highest risk, and that is when it's really important to put time and distance between them and their thoughts in order to get them the help that they need. It seems like mental health issues are complex to begin with. I I mean, often you'll hear about issues where, you know, there's an underlying mental health issue, then on top of that, there is an addiction, and that addiction is, is something that, you know, folks turn to to kind of medicate themselves over. They think it's medicating themselves over the uh, the mental health problem, but of course they're not helping. They're just making it worse in a lot of cases. Uh, but mental health in general is very complex. It is. It's incredibly complex, and it is something that we are still learning about each and every day. And you know, that's part of why May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so really the work that we're doing this month is encouraging people to talk about mental health, to talk about the ways that it is complex and that we still don't know enough information. Um, you know, people, when someone is treating their mental health, there's not a one-size-fits-all solution. For some individuals, it might be exercise or taking um, measures to ensure they're sleeping well. It could be seeking therapy from a mental health professional or medication or a combination of those things. But what works for me, Scott, you know, might not work for you. And so it it is complex, um, and it's something that we really encourage people to seek professional help for so that they can find that combination of of medication or therapy or self-care or community support that really is going to get them the help that they need. And, And, of course, medication for those who suffer from well, a variety of things, anywhere from somebody who has bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, or depression. Uh, the thing about that medication, and it is slowly getting better. I know there's more research being done, but it takes sometimes four to six weeks just for it to start working. And that that is tough on people. It sure is. And I'm, I'm certainly not a mental health professional and, and can't speak directly to that timeline, but it can take several weeks. And so that's why we would really encourage someone to have um, other things to support them along their journey while the medication is taking effect. And so that might be frequent check-ins with your mental health professional or your primary care provider who prescribed that medication, or perhaps it's a a check-in with a friend who is going to check on you weekly and you know to expect that phone call. There are a lot of ways that we can build in support systems for ourselves when we know that we might be particularly vulnerable or at risk. Hey, I know something that has been, uh, oh, I don't know, over the past few years, uh, doctors have been trying ketamine uh, for folks who have deep depression in, in order to kind of lift them up, get them somewhat better as whatever medication they're prescribed kind of starts to work so i mean there are a lot of studies being done on a variety of things outside of just ketamine but there are a lot of medications that are being studied right now that hopefully you know in the next five years or so we're going to see some big changes in in the world of psychology 
Certainly so. I mean, even, you know, if you think about not only the research and the information that we had through psychology and through medical sciences, but just in the way that we talk about mental health, there's been such significant change in the past five years, in the past 10, 20 years. And so it's really encouraging to me as someone who works in this field to think about the ways that we are going to continue to grow and continue to learn. And, and just as you said, you know, in the next five years, we might have a wealth of tools in our toolbox that we can't even imagine just yet. And so that is the really encouraging part of this work. Definitely. Again, Megan Gwatney joining us this morning, Area Director for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And they have a fundraiser coming up on Tuesday. It is called Be the Light, and it will be held at the Belcourt Theater in Nashville. But before we talk more about that, I, I'm looking at the overall numbers that I guess the death rates of those throughout Tennessee. And, you know, I. I don't think a lot of people knew this or know this, but in Tennessee overall, suicide's the ninth leading cause of death. Um, man, that ranks it right up there with a lot of the other problems like, you know, medical issues such as folks who die of pneumonia, uh, diabetes, stroke. You know, the suicide is way up there. It is. When we, when we take a look at the national numbers specifically, and that's simply the statistic that's, that's in my head at the moment, um, the n- number of people that we lose annually to suicide is more than the number of people that we lose to homicide, motor vehicle accidents, and injury-related events combined. And so I think when we, we really think about it in, in that way, um, Motor vehicle accidents, you know, something that, you know, kind of might be at the forefront of our minds every day. But when we think about losing more people to suicide than those three other events, I think it really puts into perspective the number of Americans who are affected by this. But then there's a ripple effect because every time we lose a person to suicide, it affects their family, their friends, their faith community, their workplace. And when we really look at that ripple effect, it becomes very clear that nearly all of us have been affected by suicide in one way or another. And when you look at those numbers overall, it looks like heart disease, the number one leading cause of death in Tennessee, followed by cancer. And then, again, down on the list, number nine, only number nine, is suicide, which I think a lot of folks would have thought it would have been lower on that list. Uh, but it's it's high. And I guess overall, the last report I saw showed Tennessee ranked at number 23 across the country for suicide. Is it still the case? That is the case, yes. So we, um, you know, we sit sort of right there in the middle. Um, and I think that shows us that while we are doing really good work to prevent suicide here in our state, there is still so much more that we can do. And that's the work that I do, the work that our board of directors, and the work that our volunteers do each and every day, because we are all driven by our mission, which is to save lives and bring hope to those who have been affected by suicide. Now, I know one of the things you mentioned was that the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention does a lot of research. In fact, they are one of the number one organizations, private organizations, that do research on suicide. So is that how a lot of the funds are utilized at, at fundraisers like this one come Tuesday? 
They are, yes. So AFSP is the number one re- private funder of suicide prevention research. We invest approximately $20 million every year in some of the preeminent scientists who are doing work in this field. But when when we raise money at this fundraiser or the walks that we do in the fall, all of that money goes towards the work that we do, whether it is um, funding research, working on advocacy at both the federal and the state level, really to encourage lawmakers to promote policies that are smart about mental health. The suicide prevention education, that's what gets us out in the community, helping to you know, bring this information about risk factors and warning signs to Tennesseans, and then survivor support. A big part of what we do is supporting individuals who have lost someone and really helping to provide a community of hope so that they know that they are not alone in their grief and their healing journey. And, of course, survival support, that that is a huge thing, a huge need, and sometimes people wait to go to get that support, but, you know, they really shouldn't because there's a lot of other people out there who are impacted by a suicide every year yeah. right here in Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Rutherford County. I mean, there's just, it's all over. They are, certainly. And, you know, I think that's why the events that we do particularly are out of the darkness walks that happen every fall are such an important part of our work. At those events, we bring together survivors of suicide loss those who are struggling with their mental health or, or those who are advocates for mental health. And it's an incredibly powerful and hopeful event. Um, you know, for some survivors coming to that event might be the first time that they've ever met another survivor of suicide loss. And just knowing that they are not alone, being able to speak to someone who's had a very similar experience um, can be life-changing for survivors. And so we strive to build a community where people know that they are not alone. Um, you know, grief is, is hard enough, and grief by, because of a death by suicide can be even more isolating and more complex due to the stigma. And so we want to provide a space where people know that they are not alone and that we can walk with them on their journey. So to get tickets for this upcoming event that is going to be on Tuesday in Nashville, What's the website folks need to go to in order to, uh, you know, reserve a seat? Sure. The best website to go to would be um, our chapter website. So that is afsp.org slash Tennessee. There is an event section on our website. You can click Be the Light, and that will take everyone to the page where they can find more information, purchase tickets, even sign up to participate in our silent auction You do not need to be present to bid on silent auction items. We have a great mobile bidding platform so you can participate from wherever you are. Again, Megan Gwaltney with us, Area Director of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. We've got to take a break. Megan, can you hold on the line just for a second there? I sure can, Scott. Thank you. Again, time right now, 838. Stay with us. We do have more news and information coming up. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, inviting your family to come do business with my family, Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. 
If you're a pet lover, come see us at Animal City. We have 8,000 square feet of pet products and pets for you to enjoy. Here at Animal City, we carry a full line of pet products to help your pets stay healthy, happy, and well. Animal City is Murfreesboro's longest running and only family operated pet store. Come see us at Animal City, 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. By growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I, I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and, I, and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, a high in the low 90s. Winds out of the southwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour, gusting as high as 30. Tonight, mostly clear, low of 70. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujitsky on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 74. Traffic's busy out here right on schedule. 24 coming out of Coffee County, headed up through the Hickory Hollow area. couple of minor accidents in the last 10, 15 minutes. Lots of radar, however, up and down certain sections of 840, mostly over in the Wilson County area. Hey, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar, home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check them out online at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 8.40. You're listening to WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947. And our guest today, Megan Gwaltney, Area Director of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And, and Megan, during that break, I... I found some numbers, some of the most recent numbers for, uh, as an example, Murfreesboro. Uh, When you break it down city by city across Tennessee, I I think that's where the numbers really, I don't know, they're they're startling to look at. Certainly. You know, when we, you know, the numbers that get thrown around most often are, you know, national numbers or statewide numbers that are, are very large and, and, you know, certainly represent all of the individuals in the communities that have been affected by this. But sometimes it's really tough for us to wrap our mind around numbers that are that big. And so it is, it's when we look at numbers, you know, for our county, for our, our hometown, that we really begin to think about you know, the impact um, because, it's, you know, those are our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers. Um, and so that's really when it begin, can begin to hit home um, you know, people that we might see every day and, and simply not know that they're struggling. Yeah, I was looking at these numbers, and here in Murfreesboro, on December 2nd of 2020, and that's before Christmas, and I know Christmas is one of those times where it seems like numbers of those who commit suicide seems to go up a little bit, but on December 2nd, 2020, there were already 11 murders in Murfreesboro, but on top of that, 120 suicides. So 11 murders, but 120 suicide cases, and that was December 2nd, 2020 for the year of 2020. That's that's a lot. It is, and, and it's heartbreaking because that's 111 families who've lost someone. Um, and I, I think it really puts it into perspective for us the importance of 
talking about mental health, talking about suicide and, and suicide prevention, it, it can be a hard thing to talk about. It, it can be really awkward and uncomfortable. Um, but, but that shows that there are 111 families in, in Murfreesboro that need us to be talking about this work and need us to be talking about how we can prevent suicide. And overall, in the state of Tennessee, it looks like in 2020, there were 1,220 Tennesseans that died by suicide. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, in, in Tennessee, we saw the numbers stay pretty steady from, from 2019. And so certainly, you know, we, we have more work to do. Um, and, and we are committed to doing that work. You know, we believe that one death by suicide is one death too many. And so we will continue doing this work until, um, essentially, until we're no longer needed. And if somebody wants to learn more, if they want to get involved in some type of support group, uh, would you suggest that this dinner, you know, making plans to attend the dinner and, and you know, buying a, a seat there, would that be a good start? I think for someone who who certainly wants to get involved with AFSP, who wants to maybe volunteer with us, learn more about us, coming to Be the Light would be an excellent place to start. You know, for someone who may have recently lost someone to suicide, the event might not be the best option, just because sometimes grief can be very raw in the early stages. Um, But we are fortunate to have incredible support groups run throughout Middle Tennessee and I would be happy to connect people with those resources. And the best way to do that would be to contact me directly via email. My email address is mgwaltney at afsp.org. So that is m-g-w-a-l-t-n-e-y at afsp.org. And again, Be the Light, it comes up on Tuesday of next week, 6.30. It'll be at the Belcourt Theater in Nashville. And that's in uh, Hillsboro Village in Nashville. And uh, it's going to be obviously a positive event, but more positive is that it's going to help to fund research on hopefully preventing suicide in Tennessee. And it's also going to help fund different programs, different education programs. So it, it really does a lot of good. It really does. It should be a wonderful night. We have a great lineup of musicians, a, a comedian, and a live painter. So we're going to be joined by musicians Lana Scott and Maggie Baugh, comedian Stephanie Foster, and live painter Aaron Graham. All of our artists have some connection to mental health struggles or suicide prevention. So they're going to be using their art form, whether it's music, visual arts, or comedy, um, to share their own story and really to show everyone there that through darkness we can be the light for each other as we go through this life. Sounds good. Again, Megan Gwaltney with us this morning, the area director of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And if you would like to learn more, perhaps join a, a support group or to volunteer in some way, uh, best way is to email you, right? mgwaltney at afsp.org. That is perfect. I'd be happy to connect people to whatever resources they need or get them involved with our work if they would like. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. And again, that Be the Light takes place on Tuesday of next week. And we'll post more information about that when we post this podcast in just a little while at WGNSRadio.com.
Thank you so much, Scott. We really appreciate you bringing us on and providing space to talk about such an important topic. Definitely. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Time right now, 847. You're listening to WGNS again on this Friday morning, today, the 20th of May. We'll take another short break. When we come back, we'll take a look at some of the latest in news right here in Rutherford County. Time again, 847. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Again, news time right now, 848. You're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning, today, the 20th of May. And we'll post that interview in just a few minutes on our website, WGNSRadio.com. <laughs> 